Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Join Myra, Jeff with a G, Dr. Sam, Jeffrey, and me, Jeff with a J, as we work to debunk those leadership myths. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Welcome back, everybody, to No More Leadership BS. And uh, we've already got uh, some folks giggling and shaking heads at me because that's how we roll, friends. So we're going to start off here with our quick introductions before getting to the topic. We're going to start with Jeff Conway. Jeff, say hey to the people. It is nice to be with you, ladies and gents, today. Very nice. And another Jeff in a van down by the river. Well, hello, everybody. Hope you're having a splendid day. <laughs> He's down by the Thames, apparently. And another Jeff Geyer. Thames. I was shaking my head because, Dr. Sam, I'm wondering, how come I couldn't have been you? That's that's awesome. You're too tall, right? <laughs> you should set your goals much higher, but I appreciate the Congress. <laughs> <laughs> And Myra, say hello to everybody. Uh, besides you, Sam, I am the only one that doesn't start with the J. Right. So there's too darn many Jeffs in this place. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. My wife says the exact same thing. That's right. Glad everybody's here. And uh, yeah, well, we've got, I'd say, just exactly the right amount of Jeffs. Perfect balance. Thank you, Sam. We're good to go. And now today we're going to talk about burnout. And we've talked about this before. We're going to come at it with a slightly different angle in terms of not just identifying what it is, but how it can feel. And also, get this, we can actually do something about it. So sometimes people see burnout as a final step. I'm burnout, I'm done. This is it. Or they say, I'm burnt out, I need a vacation. Those can be true, but it doesn't have to be this all or nothing thing. And oftentimes a vacation is just a pause in the burnout, not a resolution to it. So what we're going to discuss is Burnout is a journey, not a great one, but it's a process, unfortunately. And as you start to engage in uh, activities and behaviors that don't feel like they really resonate with you, who you are in your job, in your life situation, wherever it is, things can show up. And they're physical, they're emotional, and they're cognitive. And it's long before you get burned out. So I want to ask the group is to think about situations that they were in, whether you experienced it yourself or it was a team member a direct report, whomever, that some of the early stages of burnout can look like discontent. So everybody has a bad day. That happens. And a lot of us have jobs where there's a piece of it. We don't love it. And that's just how it goes. But the difference is some things that uh, used to give you energy, now they can be energy drainers. I'll ask Jeff McLaughlin first, if you would, do you have a circumstance where you felt like, boy, this used to be great and now... I don't quite love it like I did, or maybe a teammate, like I said before. Oh yeah, that's actually the the. Now that I think back on it, I think one of the reasons why I left the organization that I was working with previously was because of that burnout, and it was people related. I loved the job, I loved the work, but every time I stepped into the room with the the owner, 
I just, I got nervous. I got anxious and I was like, that's not, and that's not who I am as a human being. And so it, it came down to, and I looked at it and honestly, it was an eight year process, eight wow. years of it just slowly built up. And it was like these little indicators of, ah, oh, that just doesn't feel good. Like, why is this conversation that we had or the way that I felt after we were together or the directions that I was given? Like, it just all of a sudden after uh, that slow burn, it was, it came to a head and I was just like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Even though I love the work, I love the work, but there was just certain issues that I was totally burnt out on that I, I, I ended up leaving that, that organization and haven't looked back. And that's on my own as my, as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of other issues that are working solo is challenging. But at the same time, when I, you know, talk to my boss, which is me, I don't have to worry about like how I'm going to make myself feel. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to take a break from myself and just get out in nature and enjoy the trees. So I can do that, which is really nice because that even just the act of going for a walk is, is helpful. It's therapeutic. And, but yeah, that, that whole process, burnout can be the job. It can be people. It can be a boss. It can be the tasks. It could be a lot of different things. But recognizing that for me, it took a very long time. It was a really slow burn right. until I actually had action, actionable items, which was, I got to go. I got to leave this situation because it's not good. Yeah. You think of a situation with that boss where you felt this is a great example of what's going wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Can I think of an example of that? Yes. Would you share? Okay. Yes. So... Without saying, obviously, I don't want to, you know, throw somebody under the bus because it's still a person that I, I, I do love and care about them. And at the same time, I just couldn't work with them anymore. Sure. But there was a lot of talk about certain things like you're, you're an owner in this company. You are a founder. You are like, you are a member of this company. But when it came down to, well, would you put that down on paper? Would you make it official? Would you say that to other people, you tell everybody, oh, he's a part of the company. He's a part, he's an owner. He's, he's the reason we are where we are today. But when it came down to, let's write that down, let's make it official and write it down, that never happened. And every time I brought it up, it's like, no, now it's not the right time. And so the, the actions, the, the words didn't actually match the actions. And sure. I kept seeing more and more of that as the relationship went on, where it was like, you're, we talk about integrity and that kind of stuff, but the things that you're doing and saying are not in, in, in integrity with the organization, with the things that we're trying to help people with. And so I was like, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do that anymore. So I, I had to leave. Right. I think yeah. I call it yeah, Atna, yeah. Atna, all talk, no action or all, all flash and no bang. I, I think we all have stories that we have worked with people that are all flash and no bang. And I think that, that, I don't know if that's, burnout is many different things. It's tired of waiting, tired of being told the same thing over and over again. Tired of doing something so long that you're not getting satisfaction out of it, getting pressure from home. It, it, it's, it's the vice grip theory. Um, I think you have to be motivated and excited to do what you do. And when you lose that excitement or someone helps you lose that excitement by being all flashbang, we can call it burnout, but it's just, I'm ready to go do something else. And I think we've all been there. That's just, I think that's just human nature. So in your experience, what do you think it is that um, starts to subtract? You've got this thing that you love and you enjoy. What starts to chip away the joy from that experience? Well, like I said, people saying, uh, like, or like Mr. McLaughlin said, was we're going to do something and then they never do it. 
because you get excited about the prospects of what's going to be. And I think we've all been there. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when it didn't come to fruition, it's a gut punch. Because when it's being talked about and hyped about, we're jacked. We're excited. Mm -hmm. And, and then when it doesn't, it's just what a major letdown that is. I guess that's right. not going to happen. Now I got to now I got to go do something else, or I got to think of something else. Or how can I, how can we make this better? And that's kind of how we made this podcast. You think? Yeah. <laughs> do you do you think that it? Um, just what you were saying there, Jeff. That yeah. there's unmatched expectations. Yeah. And yeah. which causes poor commute. It poor communication causes that. Mm-hmm. But it starts you on the road when there's unmatched expectations and they're not communicated again, you know, about, then you get a friction and friction starts fires and fires equal burnout. Being a leader, you got to do the hard things. You got to do the hard work, hard things and got to have the hard conversations. And those people that make amazing visions that we all buy into, but don't follow through with them. They're afraid to. Ha- they're afraid to have that hard conversation and say, "Look, I'm, we're, we're going to fall short on this, or this. I don't think we're going to be able to do this." Right. And then people are left hanging, and that's where disgrunt- disgruntlement happens. And I think, well, right? If you, oh, the idea in, me, in my mind of a hard conversation oftentimes flips very quickly to a accountability in a mean way, or a termination, or something just almost terminal. But a hard conversation is. Wow, we are not collectively getting there. What are we doing? And how do they write this path? And that's hard to admit. We, as a team, we're not getting it done. So let's have that kind of hard conversation that actual leaders have and move forward in a meaningful way. McLaughlin, I step on your, your words there. Please jump in. You mean center, John? No, I was going to say the same. I was going to say similar things. Like the, that was another issue that we had was that I was like, we had people on our team that we needed to have a challenging conversation with. And I was like, we need to have these conversations. But every time I bring it up, there was pushback and it was like, now it's not the right time. And I'm like, it, it's getting to a point where it's critical that mistakes are being made that are costing us tens of thousands of dollars that right. is not okay. Oh my gosh, dude, this is affecting not only you, but it's affecting me. It's affecting the rest of the team and it's affecting our clients. And if you're not willing to address those issues with the, the personnel, to have that critical heart, it it was a challenging conversation. It was a health related issue, mm-hmm. but like you can't you, you say you claim you claim to care about somebody, but you won't have a challenging conversation with them. I'm saying that's don't have like, to be adversarial. They right. don't have to be. They don't exactly. have to. They don't have to get that point. But unfortunately, majority of them get to if, that point. If you don't have those conversations in the process, if you're not willing to address the issues and say, "Hey, this is nothing personal. What's going on?" Yeah, like right. what's happening? Are are you okay? Yeah. If you just have that conversation with somebody, but the willing, the lack of willingness to do that is is a, a poor leadership decision. If you're not willing to look at your people and actually care enough about them to say, wait a minute, something's not right. Yeah. Are you okay? Is this the right position for you? Yeah. Are you happy here? If keep you're it, not happy here, yeah, you, can, keep, you can help somebody out. Keep it at confronting the problem, not the person. Exactly. Until it becomes confronting the person. Mm-hmm. There's a time about this process. I'd like to get the guy's opinion here because really? there's some things that happen early and some things that happen you know, in the mid to late stages of burnout. And some of those things, like I mentioned early on, can show up as physical ailments, stomach aches, headaches, just other heart issues, literally. But also the emotional piece of it. There's no joy in the work. There's even a disdain to go to work. And the clear approach you had to work now becomes 
the bare minimum. All I have to do just to barely get by. I'm asking Jeff because uh, you were pretty selling on the first swing here, but I'd like to know if you've seen or experienced situations like that where you could observe it was just scraping it together to barely get by. Oh, absolutely, Sam. Yeah, burnout, the path to burnout is different, dare I say, for almost everybody. It's unique to us as individuals, and and therefore the the gate to that path looks different. But for me, in hindsight now, had I um, had an effective coach or had a coach at all at the time, I'm, I might have been able to identify the gate to the path to burnout and, and chose not to open it. But it's in hindsight, it looked to me like I stopped um, growing. And I, hi, my name is Jeff and I've been burned out. Um, <laughs> hi, Jeff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Welcome uh, to the club. <laughs> and it's, yeah, and, and I think everybody, hey, come on, w- what's the average tenure for a CEO? in our country across um, all um, industries, and it's less than seven years. Mm -hmm. And a number of years ago, it was more than 10. So you can't tell me that people aren't burning out. That's a personal thing. But yeah, we could start a club, Burnout Anonymous or something. I don't know, but it's (laughs) that. And and I look at it internally, not to discredit McLaughlin's experience, but I looked at it internally. If I'm the leader of the organization, and in the case I was, then it's up to me. If things aren't going well, what's happening? If I feel like I'm burning out, what's causing it? It took me a long time to get to the thing that, hey, buddy, it's you. And in in retrospect, I I stopped growing. I I stopped reading as much as I was before. Yes, Sam, and it it manifests itself in mindset. I've told this story to Myra before. There were more days than I can count where at 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning, I put my hand on the doorknob of the building to go into work and had to just pause there and psych myself up, force myself to go. And obviously that manifests itself physically. It manifests itself in relationships inside the business and outside the business. I remember my lovely wife telling me one night I'd come home after a 17 or 18 hour day. She said, I I can tell what kind of day you've had when you come in the door, even before I've seen you just by like my aura or whatever was right. preceding me. It was a horrible thing. And she said, and the, and the really sad, I don't, I don't remember what adjective she used exactly, but the really sad thing is that you've given so much of yourself to, to everybody else all day. There's nothing left for me. Mm-hmm. And, and she was absolutely right. And I, I credit her with helping me um, make a mindset shift. There, there wasn't left anything left for her. And guess what? There wasn't left anything left for me either. And it, it has to start with that recognition and I guess that's what we're talking about here. The recognition that burnout's a real thing. The path to it is identifiable. Right. And you usually can't identify it yourself. You need people to help you. I want to keep on one thing real quick before I go to Myra. Because you use the phrase, and this is just off the cuff. It's not a critique, but you told Jeff not to counter him. And what you just said there is a perfect example. We're not looking to counter anybody's experience. Everybody's experience will be different. And, yes. and the source of burnout may be different. Yes. The path will be very similar in the process of how you feel about it and yes. how you react to it. Right. And if you can identify those behaviors, we can help you with burnout uh, as it starts to be. Uh, absolutely, Dr. Sam. Um, that, like I said, the gate looks different, but the end result is the identical, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, each, I think if someone's going through burnout or getting frustration, I think we admit all five of us have amazing spouses. 
and very tolerant mm-hmm. spouses. Mine's better uh, than yours. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I think we've all. I think Mike all Jordan. our spouses have. <laughs> I think all. I think all our spouses have done some uh, pretty amazing therapy. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Uh, yep. Find a mentor. When I, we, in the nonprofit days, we had a group. I, th- I said it before. We had a group called the G Four, where there, there were me and three other large nonprofit CEOs that would get together on a monthly basis and have beer. We put G Four in the calendar because it looks better than having beer with a guy. <laughs> <on> the <desk. laughs> and the other one is, is a coach. Uh, and I know I keep driving home the coach thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have a coach, ask us. There's five of us here. You ask us. Tell us what's going on. Ask us, and we may know somebody. Right. You know, we are semi connected. Not really, but uh, we are semi-connected. But but I, I just think there's places to go. Don't let yourself get to the point of s- burnout so bad uh, that you really, you just need someone to talk to. And I will say my G4 and my wife meetings were more therapeutic than anything else. But I, none of us want to bring our work home, but right. we're human. We all do, though. It, it, it sucks and we're human and that's the way it rolls. But right. yeah, find, you got to find someone to talk to. And so, Myra, do you have situations that you observed or experienced where you thought it was uh, pretty clear that it was just barely eking by and it was a function of burnout, not because you saw a change in behavior, not because the person just didn't want to be there in the first place? I, again, twenty twenty hindsight. Sure. I, I think when you're in the middle of it, it's the hardest time to identify it because there's so many things going on that you really just, you don't understand. You just know that you've made a commitment for one thing. And and for me, I had made a commitment and I was going to live up to that commitment come hell or high water. And I didn't see it until it had all blown up. And then I can look back and I can tell you, I can tell you exactly when it happened. And it happened when I quit being full of anxiety and I started not caring. Mm. I went from anxiety to apathy. And when I went to apathy, then my commitment went away. I was going through the motions. There you go. And that is a huge indicator that you're headed for burnout. Anxiety is, we all have anxiety in our lives every day, stress. And that's not burnout. Stress is not burnout. It acts actually almost opposite (laughs) as does burnout. But when you go from being anxious, from going at top speed to catch up to yourself and you feel like you're so far behind your first and then you go to not caring what happens and that is the beginning for me it wasn't very long after only six weeks and I was at the very bottom at the pit Yep. Mm-hmm. and my team was destroyed and when I look back I knew it was coming I know what was causing all of that stress that anxiety was all indications that something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Something had to change, and I didn't see it until I didn't care. Yep. So I'm going to talk just for a minute about what in the world to do about burnout, because this can be very fatalistic. You get burnout, and it's done for. Yeah, so I'll ask all of you to chime in with some recommendations as well, but I've got a couple I want to share with the group. Some ways to counter it. First and foremost, we're talking to leaders. And if you've got people on your team who are experiencing burnout, either by their own admission or your observation, it's up to you to create a culture where burnout is unlikely, can't flourish because you care about your team, you demonstrate it, and you engage them. 
That doesn't mean that everybody will be, will be perfectly perfect on and on forever, but it does mean that you've got an environment where if things are moving towards discontent, people can say so without fear of retribution, have a good open conversation, have a culture that's supportive and helpful. Another one, if you yourself are experiencing symptoms of burnout, talk to somebody you trust. There's research about this, about being able to spill it out and, and say it out loud. It helps. And also, it's be somebody that can withstand that kind of pressure. Your spouse might be a great person. Or they may say, when you get home from work and you just unload on me, I really can't take this anymore. So make the choice not for you, but it's a partnership. Whoever you need to go and speak with. And the third thing, examine what would have to change in order to reduce burnout in your life and move toward making that change. And if it's something you can't change, like Jeff McLaughlin said, he couldn't change the, the conditions of their agreement, then there's a, a different course of action that is, that is required. But to assume you're in burnout, that's where you're going to live, that is fatalistic. And to assume you've got no path forward, it's a bit of a fallacy, but we can understand why. That's why you get somebody you know I can trust to, to talk it out. Friends here, please, what other recommendations would you offer to our listeners who are experiencing burnout either themselves or among their team? I know we just have a few minutes left, but I just, something that I experience, you may as well, is when your team gets polarized, when this little group goes here, this little group goes here, there's whispering in the hall, mm -hmm. you know it, you feel it, and you don't confront it in a positive way, and it could be because you're headed there yourself. Or maybe you're participating in it. I know I was guilty of that. Mm -hmm. You get into the, I'm doing the best I can and nobody appreciates me and all of that kind of stuff. And if you can stop, if, and then that's where a coach is really good. But sometimes you, you just have to listen. You have to listen to yourself. You have to be aware of what is going on and then care enough about your team or whoever is with you to say, look, this isn't going well, and we've got to make some decisions. Because if we don't, then we may not like the decisions right now, but in my case, looking back, it was the best thing that could have happened. Mm -hmm. I, I would have ended up in the mental hospital, I believe. Mm -hmm. It was just that severe. So True. Cool. So I just shook the magic eight ball and said, ask a Jeff. So Jeff. <laughs> recommendations for <laughs> people who respond to bring up? Well, I think I said it earlier. <laughs> I think I said it earlier when I said, talk to your spouse, find mentors, coach. Yep. You got to talk it out. Yeah, I, 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 I don't diminish the, the spouse thing, Conroy, but I, I would say typically it's not going to be your spouse, the person that helps you find the way out. I'll tell another story of my lovely wife. It was one evening and I was struggling. She knew I was struggling. I knew I was struggling. I didn't know what to do. And we were talking and at one point I remember saying, yeah, honey, I'm, I'm doing all of this for you and the kids. And she looked at me and said, I, I don't want you to do that. And so that misplaced desire or misplaced commitment that we think we're doing the, the right thing might not necessarily be. And so your spouse is typically going to have such a different relationship with you than somebody that you like and trust, other somebody somebody else that you know and trust, that it's that person's typically not going to be your spouse, although your spouse hopefully is going to support you like ours did or mine did. Um, but I guess now I forgot about that. I'm experiencing PTSD talking about this. I, I think, what I guess the encouragement I want to give, and because I really don't remember the question, Dr. Sam, but the experience or the 
what I want to say is if you're listening to this podcast and anything we've said, you say, oh yeah, that, that sounds like me. There's going to be a lot of this stuff that doesn't sound like you because it's a unique experience for us. But if you say, yeah, that, that kind of sounds like me, I'm begging you to reach out to us because the, you continue down the path. It isn't going to be pretty. You're going to survive. I'm a living testament. In fact, Myra and I, well, all of us are. We're actually better people um, today than we were before we burned out. It's kind of like, it, it's actually why I named my company Phoenix Coaching because it's the out of the ashes comes this beautiful thing, but it is really painful and we can help you diminish or eliminate a lot of that pain. So reach out to us, man. Don't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I would get, I'd just build on what everybody else said. When you share your pain, it is pain divided. When you yep. share your joy, it is joy multiplied. Yep. Mm. And so, oh, right on, coach, man, right on. That person, yeah. You, 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 it's so lonely at the top. You don't have to be lonely. Reach out to somebody. And then I'm going to go on another level and say this if you physically do not feel well, you need yep. to make sure that you are taking care of your physical health because that is a part of your mental health and wellness as well. If you're, oh golly, if you're sitting down at a desk all the time, get up and walk, go outside. Yes. Like literally, if you can take your shoes off and walk in the grass, like there's just something magical that happens when you, I, it seems silly, but to be in nature and smell a tree, it's just being present is a moment and giving yourself that, that time to just be where you are. And, and to not like really not to think about all the stressful things that you have going on in your life, literally unplug for 15 or 20 minutes and get outside and walk and just be present in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then yep. see how you feel when you come back. And if yeah. you're still having those same things constantly, then you need to really reach out. You need to have somebody. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a firm believer in coaching. I have multiple coaches in different areas because mm-hmm. they have. They, they have the experience, they have the ability to do things in a different manner. So have those people in your life. You have to, you want to change your life. You have to change the people that you're around all the time. There you, you go. Change yeah. everything about it. So 100%. get some help because nobody does it alone, man. It's just, there's no way to do it alone. 100%. You know, at that point, we, I think in the U.S. culture have this, maybe it's a baked in flaw where by God, we're going to be independent. We're just going to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, going to suck it up and do it on our own. And so we dismiss a lot of things. A lot of the warning signs just go away as, ah, it's, yeah, it's tough. It's mostly tough. That's how it is. But if you have symptoms of burnout and you're dismissing them as, oh, I'm just tired or vacation will fix it. It's unfortunate, but you take that vacation, you come back in the same environment as you're jumping back into it. Now you just have been on vacation in between. And burnout is generally caused by circumstances, not episodes. Yes. So it can only be resolved the same way, systemically not symptomatically. So if you don't have that person you can speak to, Jeff Conrad said, there's five of us right here. Okay, we may not be your people, but we may know somebody who could be your people. So ask us. We've got the email. Ask us, and we'll put that in the, in the notes there. But we want you to contact us. Make sure that you're getting the assistance that you need, even if it's brief. It doesn't have to be a forever thing. Just a starting point is good because we don't want any of you to burn out. And that is honest truth because it sucks. And nobody can be engaged in engaging in their work or their life, if burnout is a big piece of what they're dealing with. So again, one last call out, please talk to somebody as soon as possible to make a plan of action. And with that, we're going to sign off. All the Jeffs in the world, my <laughs> 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 in the world, Thank you to the people. 
And thanks for listening, everybody. Or just, Let, just the gents on the show. There you go. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Later, Buck. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS Podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. If we use your email questions or comments, you will win a DISC behavioral assessment and debrief with one of our highly trained podcast teammates. And last but not least, don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much and tune in next time. We'll see you then.